0: We hope you enjoy this week's message by our pastor, Steve Troyer, and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. Okay, so we're going to to be going to Acts chapter 4 this morning. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, uh, get them handy uh, on your uh, phones, get them handy, because I really feel like what God's going to show us is going to unearth some things for you. Uh, And I I want to premise this by some statistics. Who loves statistics? Okay, there's a few of us nerds here in the, in the room. Uh, the NCLS, the, the um, National Church Life Survey uh, that we did earlier in this year, they also did a survey across Australia. They took a poll uh, and um, they were looking for the temperature of what just average Australians believe about who Jesus is. And uh, they came back with this. 51% of people who responded said, that they either didn't believe that Jesus actually lived or they're unsure. That's a pretty big statistic, isn't it? So one in two people that you meet, either they're really confused as to whether Jesus lives or not or lived and or they believe that uh, he didn't live at all. They also showed a report of 44% of people who responded said that they believe that Jesus was raised from the dead in some way. So there was, I'd love to know a little bit more behind that statistic um, because it seems like in some way has uh, some kind of openness for, well, what do you actually mean by some way? But that, that means that 56%, more, the majority of people don't believe that Jesus was raised to life. And in our faith, this is so important. Uh, in fact, when you go to pray for someone, if you don't truly believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, then there's going to be some issues. Because you're calling on a dead man when you say, in Jesus' name. But instead, when we pray, we actually pray according to one who lives. And we're going to explore that this morning. I don't know where you stand. Uh, perhaps you're even watching online or here and you're, you're kind of searching out Who is Jesus? And maybe uh, you would find yourself in the space of, I don't know. I just don't know how to answer that question. I'm still searching. And you're quite legitimate about that. You're trying to search out who is Jesus. And so hopefully some of this story will help in your search as well. Uh, Leading up to Acts chapter 4, we have uh, in Acts chapter 2 a fairly prominent story where the disciples, they're praying. 120 of them are in the upper room. And they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a big moment. At that moment, Peter stands up and he begins to preach. 3,000 people give their lives to Christ. And uh, you can just tell something is stirring that is, uh, you can't turn back now. We know that what's happening is, is changed everything for the way that we uh, knew from before to now what's about to happen. And then there's a summary at the end of chapter 2 that says all the disciples met together, they fellowshiped, they ate uh, and broke bread together, they um, listened to the apostles' teachings, and they also saw as the apostles uh, did healings, signs and wonders. And it's an incredible time. There's generosity and they see uh, many of the poor and their, their needs met. And it's a summary version of what I believe chapter 3 enters into that summary. It's almost like saying, here's the summary of what happened in this next season. But this next story is kind of the catalyst for this summary. And it's it's almost launching into what actually happened next. And so it is a a common story. Chapter 3, Peter and John, they're on their way to the temple for prayer. And as they're going through the front temple uh, gates... They come across a man who's begging, he's lame, he can't walk. And uh, he ends up asking them for money, but they say, we don't have any, let me pray for you in Jesus' name. And this guy gets up, he begins to walk, and it's like supercharged. They walk into the temple, here is this man, I love, uh, it says there that while this man was holding on to uh, Peter and John. So you kind of get this image of, here he is, he's got new legs, like a giraffe who's just learnt to walk, and he's trying to get used to it, you know holding on to Peter and John. And a crowd begins to gather around them, and Peter realises very quickly, I need to say something here. This did not happen, Peter says, this did not happen as a result of our power or our godliness. And just in case you're wondering what just happened, he goes on to talk about, it's Jesus. It's in his name, uh, the Israelites, you as the Israelites, killed Jesus and in killing him, God raised him back to life. He is the one who God has anointed. And he goes on to speak about this. Many actually believe, but as he's partway through his explanation of what's just happened, uh, all of a sudden the alarms go off in the temple and the temple guard, uh, they, they end up going, hey, we need to seize these guys. They're talking about... Like they're in the temple speaking about this man, Jesus, who we saw die. They're saying that he lives. And also the priests, they catch on to this and some of the Sadducees that were there. And so they they enter in and they stop him mid-sentence and they arrest Peter and John and take them to prison. Uh, They're there overnight and the very next day, uh, things have kind of ratcheted up uh, in temperature because... Um, The very next day as they're brought to court, the teachers of the law have also joined them. The elders of the city are there and the rulers as well. So everyone's like interested in what's going on. This brings us to chapter 4. This is where we get into our part of the story. And we find in verse 2, they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Here they are, it's from this point on, it's like they have put on trial, did Jesus raise from the dead or not? This whole court hearing is about whether Jesus is alive or not. Because everything that happened, they they claim happens because Jesus was raised from the dead. Verse 7, they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And They're looking for another reason than the reason that they've given that Jesus was raised from the dead. They're they're wanting to know we know this can't be the case. We know that this guy is healed. It's evident he's right here in front of us. There must be another power, another name that you did these things by. In other words, it's not the Jewish uh, God that you're serving, it's not Jesus because we believe he's dead. It's got to be something else. Now, this isn't new. Jesus was also at one point was asked, by what uh, authority are you doing these things? Because they're thinking to themselves, it can't be God. It's got to be something else. On another occasion, they said, we think we know what it is, what power by which you do these things. It must be Beelzebul. And which Jesus says, well, it doesn't make any sense. Like how does Satan drive out Satan? Why would he do that? And so uh, here they're being asked the same question. They, they refuse to believe that it's Jesus. Listen to their response in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, it's interesting that he, he labels the, the, uh, the motive behind this. Like Beelzebul, he's not going to be doing this out of an act of kindness. If you see us doing this out of an act of kindness shown to this man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name, say name, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. It's by his name. In other words, the whole reason this took place is because our Saviour, our Master, Jesus, He lives. Can I hear a yahoo? (laughs) Isn't that good? The The whole reason. In fact, every single time you see an answer to prayer in Jesus' name, every single time you see somebody healed in Jesus' name, every single time there is a move of God in Jesus' name, it's because He lives. It's evidence. That's the evidence He gave in the court. The whole reason this guy is standing here before you, able to walk around, is because Jesus lives. Now, he says it's in the name. Let's have a look at John chapter 14, verse 11. John 14, 11. Here we go. Jesus says, Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least... Believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So he's looking. He's saying, basically, when you see somebody healed, when you see somebody set free from a demonic spirit, you've just seen the Father at work in me. So at least believe through the works, if you don't believe me saying this to you. Then he goes on to say, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because, this is a big because, this is the, the whole reason why this is true, because I'm going to the Father. He goes on to say, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may uh, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus is saying, the whole, the whole thing that you get to do, is actually from the the benefits of being in the name of Jesus. It's like saying, I've given you my credit card. Go spend it on my behalf. Go use my name. Maybe if you could just imagine for a moment, for those who are younger, if your dad, let's say he's super rich, right? And he gives you his credit card. And he says, listen, uh, I know that there are some things. I'm going away for a little while. Yeah, there's a Boaz. Where's Boaz? Do you want to just stand for a moment? Just give everyone a wave again, right? So Boaz gives you, Boaz gives you his credit card. And he says, look, I'm going to be away for a little while. And I just want you, um, when you see that there's something that I would do that's going to cost something, just use my credit card. Just go for it. And Jesus is saying that to us. He's saying, uh, listen, I'm going to be with the Father and you're going to be my representative. And when you see that there's something that needs to take place, something that needs to be righted, something that's not of the kingdom of heaven, I want you to feel free to just go and spend my credit card on my name. Church, I've come this morning with my father's credit card. I'm excited for what he wants to do. And I wonder if you have a revelation of that. And this morning I'm praying that God would just give you a revelation of that. That you would know that in his name you've been given everything you need to actually move in power. Move in what his heart is. His love for people. His desire to see people set free in all those things. Let's have a look at uh, just over the page. Chapter 16 verse 23. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be made complete. Who thinks that Peter and John, when this guy got healed, their joy was made complete? Amen. Absolutely. Well, do you want your joy to be made complete? Absolutely. And here is this, this uh, you know, rights that you're given. It's your inheritance, if you like. It's, it's, it's almost the will of Jesus for you. It's uh, where he's saying, I'm telling you, no matter who you are, let me just say this. Some of you might be thinking, well, this is for the person on my left or on my right, but this is not for me. Because if this is for me, I've never seen this happen. And I'm not sure I can trust him in that. Or you might say, I'm not really sure that God could use me because I just don't have it all together. I just don't know that God could use me because I don't know enough. But Jesus says it has nothing to do with who you are. It has everything to do with who he is. When you use his credit card, nobody checks with you. uh, Are you good enough to use his credit card? Do you know enough to use his credit card? No, they simply go by the name that's written on that credit card. And so you've been given permission. Now, you might be used to praying. It might have become so familiar to you that when you pray, you're praying for, you know, for God to move in some way. Maybe it's provision, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, maybe it's uh, to do with um, you know, something more serious, like a need for healing in some way. And as you're praying, you all of a sudden you become conscious, oh, I haven't said in Jesus' name. Maybe I should probably say that. And in some way, you don't really understand the revelation behind it uh, because in using in Jesus' name, it seems to be the right thing to do, but there's actually a revelation behind it that, that when I say in Jesus' name, I'm declaring my Saviour lives. When I actually pray this, I'm praying it not in a sense of a formula or waiting for God to go, uh, 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 oh, he said Jesus' name. Okay, we we can do this now. But instead, I'm doing it out of a revelation of who Jesus is, that he said, I can use his name. I can walk in it. And that's where the glory comes. It's beautiful. Let's go back to the story, Acts chapter 4. So they've been tried. Uh, Peter goes on to say he doesn't just leave it there that Jesus uh, is raised from the dead, and that's the reason why this man is healed. In verse 11, uh, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. If you were to read the um, the original text in Psalm 118, it reads the stone the builders rejected. But he personalises it to them. Isn't that nice of him? That you <laughs> rejected. <laughs> Um, which he has become the cornerstone. And there are many people who have taken Jesus uh, as a a figure in history, perhaps even as a Christian, they've, they've said yes to Jesus, but in some ways they've really gone about their own business. And what they've done is they've placed Jesus as a stone amongst other stones. But can I tell you, he is the cornerstone who anchors everything. This is good news. There's not one thing that cannot be done in Jesus' name. You need to hear this, young people. There's not one thing. If he becomes your cornerstone, he is your cornerstone. And he will anchor everything. Not one thing will be missed out on what he can do through you. Praise God. I can't wait. See what God does in you. He becomes a cornerstone. Then he goes on to say, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which... We must be saved. Maybe you're here this morning and you've heard about Jesus before, but you're not sure that you've actually made him your cornerstone. Peter says salvation comes in no other way. Salvation in every way. Salvation was purchased on the cross for not just sin to be broken, but also that the power of sin, the habit of sin, the cycle that you find yourself going through again and again would be broken that you could look to Him to be your saving name in those things. Not just that, that He would also save you in the sense of not just being distant from God, but that a great peace would be upon you. Praise God. That a great joy would be upon you because the Spirit of God comes and lives in you. He is your salvation. I wonder if you're here and you're just wondering, God, can you save me? God, is there any way? Maybe you even know someone you've been praying for for some time and you wonder, God, I know you could save that person over there, but I don't know about that person. They seem too lost. A risen saviour has no trouble saving. Not in one aspect, he has no trouble. Church, we need to band together to agree together that salvation comes under one name alone. And that we all come in in the same manner. Not one of us earned it. Not one of us can boast that any of us did anything greater than each other. But instead we come under one name and that name is Jesus. And then he empowers each one. Do you know, if you see the power of Jesus in somebody else, maybe you even read about it in Paul or Peter or John, that same power is available to you. God's no respecter of men. That same power is available to you. It comes to the hungry. It comes to the thirsty. It comes to those who who get on their knees and say, God, choose me. I want to walk in this. I want to be in this. Well, they can't accept this uh, from Peter and John. The court kind of rules and says, uh, we know this guy's healed. Uh, We can't contest that. He's here in front of us. But what we don't know is why. Why? And we can't accept the truth that you guys have said. And so they couldn't agree as to how to actually punish them or what to do from here. So they released them and they just slapped them on the wrist basically and said, don't tell anyone anymore that the reason that what happened is because Jesus lives. They said, well, you know, as for us, you tell us, is it better for us to obey God or men? Because we we can't hold back what we've seen. We've got to walk in it. And so anyway, they're they're released. Now, when they get back to the believers and they're telling everyone about what happened and there's an eruption that happens. Can you imagine coming into a crowd like this? And in fact, it was bigger because they had three to 5,000 by this stage and they begin to share with the believers what happened. There's an eruption in prayer and they're like, God, we're not going to be silent. God, would you give us instead more boldness? Would you help us to share the word even more powerfully? Even quote Psalm chapter 2, which King David wrote, and it says uh, that the rulers would, um, would even raise up against the Lord and his anointed one. And they don't quote it here, but later on in that Psalm, it says that God just simply laughs at those who are trying to oppose him. You know, the things that you're facing right now that seem like such a big deal to be saved, God just laughs at it like a little child who's punching at their father and doesn't even make a blow, but they feel like they are. He's so much in control of saving that he laughs. Isn't that awesome? That's why when you look at your circumstances and and you're not sure how God's going to move in that way, I encourage you just to go, is this from God Or is this from something else? If it's not from God, let's just laugh. Because he's got it. Praise God. These guys have got the joy. They know it. Mr. Buckets in the front. That's right. Plenty to share. Absolutely. So here they go. They they begin to pray. I love in verse 29. They say, Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand. To heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's speak your word. What's the word? It's Jesus lives. Let us speak that even more boldly. Let's proclaim it even louder than what we've proclaimed it before. Church, what if that was to us? Let's, Let's speak it more boldly. Let's proclaim that Jesus lives. Let's not, just not pray in Jesus' name because we feel it's the right thing to do. But let's, how about we just pray according to the revelation that Jesus has given you around Jesus lives. God, help us to speak more boldly. And then he says, stretch out your hand. This is all part of the same thing. To heal and to perform signs and wonders. What's happening? The risen Savior in every way. And so here is this beautiful prayer that they pray that I encourage each one of you to pray where you're just seeking, Lord, would you help me to to step out in help me not to shy back in any way, but to believe so greatly in your resurrection life that I step into any circumstance ready to declare Jesus' name in that space. Amen. After they uh, prayed, verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So amazing. Uh, Luke, who authors Acts, he goes on to summarize again. It's almost like uh, the end of chapter 2 and the close of chapter 4 are bookends to the same story. And this is like the catalyst story that, that began everything uh, forward. It's amazing. And I wonder, what catalyst story will Jesus do through you? What kind of catalyst will he do through you and those that you link arms with to believe for who Jesus truly is, that he is the, not just the Son of God, but he's the risen Saviour who has been given the right hand throne to God, who reigns above everything. I want to make uh, this final prayer, which is found in Ephesians chapter 1, our prayer this morning. And then we're going to do some ministry and just see what the Lord wants to do. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to pick it up in verse 18. This is Paul's prayer to the Ephesian church. And in fact, we talked about a few weeks ago, another prayer that he, he um, prayed, which is, Found in chapter three, I believe, but uh, here is another prayer of his, and I encourage you to take it to heart. He says, "I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened." That's another word for revelation. It's it's an insight that can only come from heaven. You won't get this from logic. You won't get this just because you know that Jesus is the risen Savior. You'll only get this through prayer, through seeking Him. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. I don't know that you could actually raise the stakes on power anymore. Incomparable, great power. But just in case you weren't sure, he makes sure you do know in the very next verse. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority. He's not done yet. He's still telling you how great it is. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Wow. His power is exceedingly great. And he wants you to get an enlightenment, a revelation of just how great. That what you carry is the same power of the risen Savior. Praise God. And so this morning, I want to pray for you. And I recognize different journeys, different places. Let me tell you this, no matter where you're at, no matter where your journey is at, you're well suited to receive from the Heavenly Father enlightenment, a revelation of who Jesus is. If you're not a believer here this morning or online and you're wanting to have a revelation, it's one of the greatest prayers you can ask. God, would you reveal yourself to me? Show me who Jesus is. In fact, if you're here this morning and you already know, I haven't given my life to Christ. I've been resisting. I've been going in my own direction. And I I find that I keep on going in cycles again and again and again. It's in my own strength. I know it. I need salvation. And I hear What Peter was saying, I want that for myself. Let me read it to you again, Acts chapter 4. Peter says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which you must be saved. So I'm just wondering, are you ready to be saved? I'm just going to pray for those who know Jesus is calling them to themselves just now. And this, you can make this your own prayer. In fact, the prayer itself does not make you a Christian. It's your heart pulling on and desiring for Jesus and saying, I believe. I believe you are who you say you are. And I want to take a hold of that free gift that you have for me. I'm thirsty, I'm hungry, I didn't know how to to satisfy that. I've tried all sorts of things to satisfy it. Friend, only Jesus can satisfy that for you. So how about you close your eyes? Uh, Each one of us. And perhaps if you're already a Christian, you might be praying for somebody you know who doesn't know the Lord. But if you're here this morning and you know this is something I need to take a hold of, then you might like to pray this in your heart between you and the Heavenly Father. Father God... I recognise that I'm a sinner and that I have no way of salvation. I know that everything that I do is just Groundhog Day, back to the same thing again and again. And I need a saviour and I recognise, Heavenly Father, you've sent your son Jesus for me. That you could cancel the effect of sin on my life, that you could break the curse, that you could actually stand between me and the Heavenly Father and purchase forgiveness for me. That forgiveness, that credit card, I recognise is bigger than anything I could ever need. Thank you for saving me. I count you as my Lord and Saviour. And I want to live for you I recognise that life doesn't come in just believing that you're the Son, but in walking with you. And so, Lord Jesus, I'm giving myself this morning to walk with you, just while your eyes are shut. Maybe there's some people here this morning that feel like there are some things that need saving in your world. And you know that you can't do it in your own strength. And so this morning, we're going to believe together for a breakthrough. So, Lord Jesus, we ask that uh, every single obstacle, heaviness, weight, hopelessness, we submit it to you, no matter what it is, whether it be a relationship, a family member, whether it be a need for healing. Lord Jesus, you've paid for it. Your blood was enough. And by your precious name, Jesus, we declare healing, wholeness, Peace, rest, completeness, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know what's been transacted for you. I feel like there has been some transactions made today. I can see the dollars ticking over as the credit card is being used. Praise God. listening to this week's message to find out more about what's happening in the life of our church and how you can join in with all the fun head to newbindelinks.com.au or find us on social media have a lovely week